Philippians <coughs> chapter 3. I'll be reading Philippians 3, verses 7 through 9. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for His sake. I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Blessed is the reading of God's holy gospel to our hearts, to our minds, to our understanding, and to the praise of His glory. Father, I beg that You help me teach this, the center of what Christianity is. Teach it well. Let me be clear. And that you would cause every soul in here or at home to hear the meaning of the text. To hear the meaning of the gospel. Deeper than we ever have. And to love what we see to the glory of your Son, our Savior, and our righteousness. Amen. Again, Paul writes, for Christ's sake, I, Paul, a murderer, someone who made it my life's ambition, persecute, hurt, stamp out the church of Jesus. I have suffered the loss of all things and I consider them, count them as trash, rubbish, because I have a goal. It is in order that I may gain Christ that I may be found in Him. Not having a righteousness. I don't want a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. That comes from my, Paul's obedience to God's law. I don't want one like that. But I want to be found in Christ to have the righteousness which comes not from my obedience, but it comes through faith in Christ. That is the righteousness from God to me that depends on faith. Every Christian should know exactly what that means. Paul looks to a foreign. It's foreign to him, to his life, to his living. It's not his righteousness it's not his obedience to the law of God it's not his do-goodism or righteous living it's someone else's and that's what it is to be a Christian someone else's perfect human living 
righteousness that he looks to. And it is given to him as a gift. And that's the gospel. And I think if we read it appropriately here as he is unfolding his heart here to the Philippians, you should be able to feel Paul's passion. This is deeply personal and practical in his life. And his drive here flows out of the doctrine of justification by faith alone, apart from any works of the law. It flows out of that righteousness that is outside of him. And it is a gift to him from God through faith. Okay. So my plan is over these next four weeks there will be four parts on this central Christian New Testament doctrine of justification by faith alone, apart from works. This morning, the main thing I want to do is to understand the term to justify and what that means and its related terms. Next week, we will focus on a central aspect of I am justified, which has to do with the imputation of Christ's righteousness to the sinner. The third week, we'll ask the question, why is this justification before God by faith and not by works? And then the fourth week is my plan to say, okay, what is that faith that actually justifies? Okay. All right. In the 1500s, during the Great Reformation, Martin Luther declared that the doctrine of justification by faith alone is the doctrine by which the church stands or falls. And I'm convinced he's right. A person may affirm the deity of Christ the inerrancy of Scripture, the Holy Trinity, the resurrection of Jesus, and still fall under the curse of Galatians 1. As we saw last week with the Judaizers. Let's now go on and add to your faith something so that in the future... You will be saved, because if you do not, you will not be. Understanding the gospel of justification by faith alone is really practical. If you build your life on the foundation of this center of the gospel of justification, then you become more unshakable in the face of death and fear and sickness and depression and persecution. And particularly in the face of your own sin that goes on pestering you. Oh, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ the gospel of justification. But if a person has an attitude, no, no, just give me Jesus. I just want to love Jesus. I don't want to use my mind. I don't want to, I don't want to think and grasp the doctrine of justification. Then you should not be surprised if there's a lot of fear and uncertainty and confusion that leaves you wide open to the dogs. To the evildoers, to the false teachers within the church throughout the centuries and today, wide open to be manipulated with strange, foreign 
doctrines that will totally lead you astray. Christians should know and love the doctrine of justification by faith as well as they know the words of John 3.16. Your relationship where you really live with God will be deepened. The gospel itself has been under attack ever since the day Jesus ascended to heaven. God had to work miracles to knock his own apostle, Peter, upside the head to get it. In order to cause the leadership in the Jerusalem church to get it. Paul, throughout his ministry and throughout his letters, he, he constantly is, is singing the note that the gospel will always be under attack by false teachers. Like in our passage, look out for the dogs. And so this morning, on this first week, I want us to turn over to Romans chapter 3 as our main text as we will slowly look at it. Romans 3 verses 21 through 26. Paul writes, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. That is, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So get His flow. There's no distinction between Jews and non-Jews, Gentiles, because all have sinned. That's verse 23. The need for God to justify a person is universal. Whether a person is raised as a pagan, they need to be justified. Whether they're raised as an Orthodox Jew, observant, they need to be justified. Whether they're raised as a, as a Muslim or a fundamentalist Baptist or Pentecostal or Roman Catholic, or whether they are raised in families and raised up in this church. Every one of us is guilty. Born into sin. Every one of us have sinned by exchanging, Paul argues in Romans 1, the glory of God for substitutes. And sin at its core is a personal, not a communal. Not based on the group that you're in a surfer's club. So surfers together have sinned. Or black people, or white people, brown people, or Jews, or Gentiles. It is very personal between you and your Creator. Sin at its core is sin against God before it is sin against horizontally other people. 
at its core, it is a rejection of who he is. Untrustworthy, I will not trust you. will not believe that you're out for my good. I will ignore your revelation of what's right and what's wrong. It is at its core a spitting in the face of the Creator. It's a refusing to treasure Him for the treasure that He objectively is. It is refusal to believe that He is the only true, eternal, and everlasting source. To me, as a human being made in His image for my completeness and joy. And that right there, that's what sin is, and that is a huge problem. So how? How are any of us to be made right with God? The, the, the one with, we have so profaned, how are we to be made right with Him and be saved from the just consequences of our sin. How can we have any hope to be accepted by God with loving arms when we have so belittled and ridiculed His glory by our actions by our thoughts, revealing our hearts that say to him, worthless, valueless. The answer to that question of how is the next verse. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then verse 24 of Romans 3. It is God's act of justifying. That's how. And it is all. A work of God, not of us. All sin, fallen short of His glory. And are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption of Jesus Christ. We are justified that verb there is a passive voice, not an active voice. We, the subject, don't do the justifying. It's passive. It's done to us. If you are justified, it means that you were acted upon by God. He does it by in response to the faith. That he put in you. I want to spend a few minutes just uh, clarifying or grasping this family of terms that are crucial in the gospel. The terms in here in English righteousness, righteous, justification, or to justify, which means to declare righteous. You hear all the similarity of those words. It's important. It's the same thing in Greek. Dikaios. Hear it? Dikaios. That's the adjective we translate righteous. Dikaiosune is the noun we translate righteousness. Dikaiosine is the noun we translate justification. And dikaiao is the verb to justify. To declare just or to declare righteous. Now, I'm going to spend a couple minutes. I'm going to read. Because on this first week, I, I want you to get the flavor that this is not in the New Testament a peripheral issue. It is the center of Christianity. And this is not all of them. Here's a taste. Paul writes in Romans 1.17, For in the gospel, 
the righteousness, Tekaiasune, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous, Tekaias, the righteous shall live by faith. In Romans 4, beginning at verse 2, for if Abraham was justified, Dekaiao, if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say in Genesis 15, 6? It says this, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as Dekaiasune, righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as is due and to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies. Who justifies the ungodly. His faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. In Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.17 For if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man Jesus Christ. Romans 5.9 Since therefore we have been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. In Galatians 2.21, I do not nullify the grace of God because if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, for our sake, God made Christ to be sin. The one who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the Dekaiasune, the righteousness of God. Okay, just taste. Those terms, Justify, righteousness, justification, righteous. They are legal terms in their context. It's huge. They are terms, in other words, that are used in courtrooms. They are words that refer to how a person, a defendant, is related to the law. For, for example, when a court pronounces its verdict, it declares something about the person. It declares how the accused stands before the law. Guilty, Your Honor. It's a declaration. Condemned or not guilty, justified, declared righteous in good standing with the law, free to justify. Justification, it does not mean, in the New Testament, it does not mean to make the person 
righteous. It does not refer to God changing something in the person. Their heart, their desires, their character. No, it's not what justification is. It means to declare righteous. Not guilty is a declaration. It's not a change in the person. That's what it means. Just listen to how Luke wrote this. In in Luke 7, verse 29, for a moment, it's the verb, dekaiao, to justify, that Paul's using. And the text says this, When they, the crowds, when they heard this, about what Jesus was saying, when they heard this, all the people justified God. That's what they did. What does that mean? They didn't change God and cause Him to be unjust, and now they made God just. It's not what it means. They declared something about Him. They see it. In other words, yes, I declare it. God is just. Paul writes this in Romans 8. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? See the charge? What's a charge? It's a declaration. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? To condemn is to declare someone guilty. To justify is the opposite. To declare someone righteous. To be justified by God. To be, in other words, Righteous before God is the doctrine of justification by faith in Christ alone. I know I'm going to be redundant. It does not refer to God making you righteous. Justification or to have been justified does not mean God has made you sinlessly righteous. It's not something that happens inside of us. Justification is something that happens in God about us. Outside of us. It's not done in us. It's done for us. It's not a change of our nature or our state of being, but it's a change of our standing before the courtroom. Who is God? So back in Romans 3, in verse 22, when it says, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. It means God's righteousness is counted or considered or imputed to be ours through our faith in Jesus. God's act of justifying us is His declaration that we, though we are yet sinners, we are declared by God to be perfectly righteous in His sight. Legally, with the judge of the universe.
where there will be always perfect justice of which this God never needs to modify and call social justice. It is a legal declaration that his son's perfect humanity has been put to the account of everyone who is in his son. Because also he took or considered our sin and attributed it to Jesus and appropriately punished it in him. And thus all justice toward our sin has been satisfied to tell us It's finished. And when you find yourself in Christ, which Paul so longed to do, that I may be found truly in him, that's not heaven. Justified. This is the gospel. Justification does not change us internally. Let me just take a moment. There are other doctrines that talk about that in the New Testament. Don't confuse them. For instance, the doctrine of regeneration, a New Testament word, sometimes translated new birth, that is an act of God by the Holy Spirit that does change us internally. Okay, Justification, on the other hand, is not that. It is a judgment of God concerning us. It's the difference between a surgeon and a judge. And God plays both roles. A surgeon cuts us open and gives us a heart transplant. A judge doesn't do that. A judge declares a verdict about us. New birth, the ongoing Christian life since new birth called sanctification. These doctrines are the work of God by the Spirit inside His children, forming them, giving them new desires, which produce new actions and molding character, being conformed to the image of Christ. Very New Testament doctrine, but don't confuse it with justification, which is God's declaration that once and for all you are acquitted, justified, declared to be righteous forever in my sight because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Justification is a gift by His grace. And thus you could never deserve it, earn it. That's what verse 24, Romans 3, says. And we are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Justification for sinners. It took the substitutionary death of Jesus on the cross. Therefore, to think that if I can just be a little bit better To think that maybe I can obey this law or be more religious or obey this ordinance or religious rule or morality, then that may result in God's grace viewing me as acceptable, as a candidate to be justified. To think that way is to clearly not understand. Jesus Christ. 
If you believe that what you do, your works of the law can justify you, even by the blood of Christ, then you are outside the saving work of Jesus Christ, which is Paul's argument throughout the book of Galatians. This is why trying to work for God is no small thing that Paul addresses in the teaching of the dogs. It's why he is so passionate because that adding to the gospel of justification, it doesn't just change it a little bit and tweak it. It turns it inside out and upside down. And that's why Paul is so adamant when he says these words in Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 to 16, and he did it publicly in front of the church in Antioch with Peter rebuking the apostle. Peter, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. And yet, Peter, you and I, we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. And so Peter, you and I also did what? We have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Because, as Paul said in Romans 3, it's a gift of God's grace. Now, how can God do that? How can God declare a sinner an objectively Guilty, sinner, righteous. We can't, we can't earn it. We can't pay for it. So what's the basis of God doing that and not being unjust in Himself by doing so? It is unjust. I'll, I'll say it right. For, the, for whatever that guy's name is in L.A., the county, I mean, the L.A. city, is he city or county? Whichever one he is, the D.A. now. The injustice he's doing to victims' families by letting people out and trying to say, it, it is unjust. Is that what God does? How can it be just for God to justify the ungodly, the guilty. Just keep reading in our context in Romans 3. It's right there. It's the last phrase of verse 24. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's it. Redemption means deliverance. At a, at a price. It means released by, by a payment. What's the payment? Remember Mark 10, 45, Jesus said, I have come to give my life as a ransom price for many. The cross of Jesus is the foundation of our justification of our being justified, declared, not guilty. So what is it that happened at the cross that would allow God to do that? Continue to read in the context of Romans 3. The redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. 
This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance, He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time so that God might be just. And at the same time, the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. What happened? It's that big English word, propitiation, which translates the big Greek word, hilasterion. Propitiation, Christ in his death propitiated the wrath of God. What happened at the cross? With the eternal God in his full humanity was that God's wrath toward sinners upon the only human being who never sinned. His wrath toward sinners. His, in other words, justice, perfect justice in wrath toward sinners was unleashed. On Jesus fully satisfied because God considered or imputed the sins of all who would ever believe in him to be upon his son on the cross and punish them it's called Christ Jesus's substitutionary penal hear the word penal punishment system and that is the foundation of our justification. And this is why it's a gift. A gift of His grace. It's all a work of Christ. Not you. Christ's work is the foundation. Nothing. And I mean, because Paul means... Nothing in us is in any way a means for justification. This is why Paul says in our text in Philippians 3, I want to be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law of God in the scripture and thus I Paul obey it but only that which comes through faith in Be clear, then he says, the righteousness from God to me that depends on faith. Like he says in the context of Romans 3, verse 22, the righteousness, not mine as a Pharisee, not anybody's, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Because there's no distinction. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, this is week one. We will come back. But before I close, there are two applications to take home with us today from what we heard. First is for unbelievers. If you happen to be one in here. Before unbelievers in our lives as Christians and family members and workmates or neighbors, whatever opportunity God gives, unbelievers need to hear 
the gospel. Okay, let me, let me restate it more clearly. Unbelievers need to hear the gospel. They need someone to speak to them and to say, do you want the judge of the universe to pardon you and welcome you into his everlasting joy? Do you? This is what Jesus has done to make that possible. You lay down and you say, come, come to him as helpless, as desperate, with nothing in your hands bring, but only to Jesus' cross. Clean. In other words, with unbelievers, I know I'm speaking in the context of 20 and 21st century America, but that's the context we all live in. So you have to fight what has happened within evangelicalism. In other words, don't avoid the core of the gospel with dying human beings who are going to meet the judge of the universe. God gave us the gospel. He knows what he is doing. He does not need our insight and wisdom on how to market and to sell Jesus to people. He does not need nice twists like Jesus loves you. He just yearns to fellowship with you and be in relationship with you so that He can fix the pain of your marriage. So that He, so that he wants to try to fix your family. That He can fix the sickness in your body or, or your loneliness or health. It's not the Gospel. People need to hear you need to come to grips with the holy God and with a deeply sinful you. Wrath. Perfect. Just. Wrath awaits you. But God says to you now, come, be reconciled. Because Jesus, the God-man, took the punishment on behalf of all who will believe in Him. And those persons who do, He also imputes to them Christ's righteousness to their account legally. Now, need to hear the gospel. And secondly, for us Christians, stand upon the great doctrine of justification by faith alone, apart from any works. What I mean by that is, it's a main weapon in your arsenal that you are to take and to fight with it. In other words, when you lay your head down at night on your pillow and all of a sudden you're overwhelmed again with feelings of guiltiness because you did sin and you did blow it. You were too rough with your kids or your spouse or your neighbor or the person at work. You lost the battle of sexual lust that day, you clicked and watched pornography. Memories of the past sins just start to overwhelm you. The accusation of Satan. Look at you. Look at your thoughts. Look at your actions, you unworthy scum. When you lay your 
head down and those things start to, to roll over you like waves. Then cast yourself upon Jesus. Cast yourself upon the judge of the universe and bank all of your hope and your trust in the truth that before the court of heaven, before the courtroom of God, I am right, right this moment, and thus assured in the future to be found in him, perfectly righteous. I don't seek one of my own. I don't, I don't want it when it even comes to my head, Paul's thinking. I shoo it away. I agree with you. I'm scum. I'm broken. I'm sinful. It, 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 it just eats me up. But I, I know the gospel and love the gospel. And God's working in me. And thus I know that I stand as perfect as Jesus stood before the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane. Because it is only with his righteousness that I stand. And that's where we go next week. Perfectly clothed in Jesus' righteousness. That's how you fight. And then go to sleep. Sleep the sleep of those who love the gospel and know the gospel. As Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for such a magnificently glorious gift. From your eternal purposes before the creation of anything, you have always purposed this glorious gospel of your eternal Son becoming one with the creation yet not created in order to glorify your mercy in the cross and thus to justify they're righteous forever ungodly souls like us whom you have brought to believe in him.